1: Hello and welcome to Minisode 30 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a horror writer and an occasional doer of Musical Things. And I'm Andy Stewart, I'm Scotland's wannabe, shitey David Cronenberg. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm okay, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, an eventful weekend? okay in that i have been to many events right okay do you care to elaborate on that yeah sure friday night i went to the hydro saw Lauren hill oh of the fugees yes yes yeah uh-huh. 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 um she was uh, excellent i thought right. cool. yeah uh she has a bit of an erratic live reputation <laughs> right but uh, no I, th- I really enjoyed it I thought it was great and uh, last night i went to see another band, uh listener that At- means nothing to me are they newish yeah, well, they've been on the go for okay. a little while. Well, that, yeah. That, it's basically kind of like uh, three, four guys playing kind of alt rock while somebody shouts poetry over the top of it. Right? Free form? No, no. Like uh, in, in kind of song structure form. Oh, but right. It's all spoken word. It's very, very good. They, oh, okay. were, they, they were superb. Okay, okay. Excellent. Um, Lovely. So, you made time to watch anything this week? Uh, yeah, a couple of things. I checked out May the Devil Take You on Netflix. Oh, a new Timo Shishanto. Another one. Another one. Yeah. Another <laughs> second new Second in as many months.
0: Yeah, I didn't enjoy this one quite as much
1: as I enjoyed The Night Comes for Us. Okay. And how, like how like sorry, how different is it? Like how different a beast is it oh, in very terms of style. It's
0: very different it's a very different beast altogether. Right. Whereas um I guess The Night Comes For Us is a kinda of ready style action thriller. Mm-hmm. This is very much a horror film. Okay. In the vein of very much in the vein of Evil Dead. In fact I would say it's well quite an homage to Evil Dead. Right, okay. Um, although not funny. <laughs> right, I must right. stress or not intentionally funny but I must stress that it's it's not funny in the same way that the Evil Dead is uh, it's kind of the story of this guy who uh, kind of sells the soul to the devil to get riches and all that nonsense as as people are wont to do. Mm-hmm. Um and then things don't go well for him since he does that, as also as you can imagine. Like his first marriage breaks down and he squanders all this money that he's got for the devil. Then when he passes away, his kids from his new marriage and his previous marriage kinda come together round about the time that the devil decides that the debt's due. (laughs) (laughs) Naturally, okay. (laughs) Yeah, shit kind of hits the fan from there. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm starting to feel like there's not a a massive amount of substance to Timo Ciudianto's work. Okay. And I say that because the night comes for us, batters you to death for the whole film, but there's no real story to it. It's just a series of action set pieces, which is fine. Uh Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm all for that. I kind of feel the same way about the raid. Uh There's a very light kind of friendship thing wedge kind of shoehorned into that. Um, But I feel like when this is actually trying to tell a story, it's just not that convincing. Right, okay, okay. Um,
1: So do you think that there's maybe a problem with his work narratively when it has to slow down?
0: Yeah, I think he, he does go well, does go really well. In fact, this film has more scenes of people having blood sicked onto them than I think I've seen in many a year. Really? <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> if anything, there could have been less blood vomiting.
0: Yeah, well, I think there could have been. Really? Um, but, I mean, it's it's definitely worth a look. I just, I don't feel like... I remember going back a couple of weeks when I watched Apostle. Right, yeah. I said I felt like Gareth Evans had kind of taken some stuff away from the segment that him and Timo Chagianto did in uh, VHS2. Oh, yeah, uh, Safe, uh, Safe Haven. Haven, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if Timo has taken the same kind of nuance away from that, like... There's no nuance to any of the kind of what you would the family drama aspect of it. Right. Okay. Very blunt again um, in a way that I feel like it could have done with just a little bit more, little bit more work.
1: Okay, that's kind of a shame. I'm, I'm, I've got every intention of getting around to it. That and uh, the Nightcomers, which I also started, we haven't watched. Yeah. The um, Night Comes
0: For Us is one that you should watch just with people and beers because it's that kind of film. Aye, sure. It, it, kind of like The Raid where it's just nonsense, nonsense event after nonsense <laughs> event. Uh, and just ludicrous, I can't believe they put that in a film and
1: it's uh, on Netflix where kids can watch it. So. <laughs> Um, also, it's count to me that we talk about the Safe Haven segment for VHS2 approximately every 20 minutes. I stand
0: by the fact that I think it's one of the strongest segments in any anthology film I've ever seen.
1: Yes, completely agree. It's brilliant. Yeah, so yep.
0: I will continue to hold it aloft as such until something else comes along and displaces it.
1: Yeah, I'm quite which right. Which is
0: going to be a hard task, in yeah, my opinion. definitely.
1: Big shoes to fill.
0: Have you also noticed that anthology films they don't seem to be as
1: in as they were. Um, They certainly had a moment a little while ago. Yeah. I think around about the time of like ABCs and ABCs 2, uh, there was kind of a glut of them. And then I think that the last couple that I've seen haven't been so hot, with the exception of um, All the Creatures Were Starring, yeah, which, yeah, mm-hmm. which I did quite enjoy. But um, uh, I think like it's like Holidays. Oh, no, I hated I, Holidays. I I, 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 holidays. So many people whose work I like are involved in that, and that film did nothing for me at all. <laughs> Like, I think it's rotten. <laughs> aye, it's, it's... it's In fact, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to just openly talk really negatively, unprovoked about something, but I did not care for holidays at all. Yeah. And you know how much I like anthologies. Uh, I also jumped onto Shudder. Oh, yeah, okay. And watched Graham Resnick's Dead Wax. Oh, okay. Now, this is like... Is this a series?
0: Yeah, but okay. it's one story cut into eight 10 to 15-minute segments. Okay. Um, interesting approach. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I really liked it. It's the story of a record collector that is hired by this super record collector to find this uh, record that, when you listen to it, can kill you. Yeah,
1: that's my kind of thing. I love kinda that. Shit. I love cross that between
0: shit. Lords of Salem and the Ring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although the story is not in the least bit like those. It's kind of like a, it's kind of neo noir. Uh, oh, nice. Um, that's just what I
1: was going to ask. Like, yeah, what's the tone of the thing like? On your own well. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
0: With some amazing sound design, which you would expect from Graham Resnick, who, if you don't know, did the sound design on pretty much everything Ty West's ever done. Oh, really? Yeah. I did sound design on things like um, uh, Stakeland, Jim Mickle's Stakeland. Oh, aye, okay. And... uh, Was the screenwriter, actually, on one of my favourite video games of the past few years, Uh, Until Dawn. Wow, okay. Larry Fessenden's Until Dawn, (laughs) uh, which is a great game. If you haven't played it, check it out. Uh, It stars Rami Malek and Hayden Panettiere, by the way. Wow. Yeah. uh, Names. Yeah, names and names. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, uh, that's on Shudder now. All of it is on Shudder now. Cool. Okay. Um, So dead um, wax. Yeah, and like I say, uh, although it's eight episodes, they are short, so...
1: Yeah, it's an interesting choice. Yeah, don't go
0: into it thinking, oh, fuck those episodes of this, because they are short. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you can get through it in about the same length of time as you can get through
1: a film. It's interesting, <laughs> that. It's an interesting choice Yeah, for that. No, hmm. Before I start talking about some of the stuff that I watched on my own this week, I think it does bear mentioning that last Saturday, uh, you and me... Watched uh, Big Tit Zombie, which was uh, which was <laughs> yeah. sent to us uh, very kindly donated to us by um, uh, Ricky Bunga, um, listener and friend. I uh-huh. would actually just like to take a sec to uh, wish Ricky and his wife Sally all the best. They've just moved. I'm out of the to country. Australia. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, so. I'm wondering if maybe the us getting that and also I believe Robo Geisha and Caligula in the same pack from Ricky was yeah. simultaneously generosity and maybe. A cupboard clearing exercise as well. Yeah, they'll have a good time there
0: because it's where women glow and men plunder. (laughs) uh, According to... uh, According
1: to the the wonderful song by Men at Work. According to Colin (laughs) Hay. Fantastic. Um, But yeah, uh, Ricky donated us a copy of Big Ted Zombie. Haven't spoken about it on the show a couple of times before. Well... I've seen that. I say we've spoken about it on the show before, but any time
0: we've spoken about it is because he's been tweeting us, telling us that we must watch it. That's true. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. This, <laughs> is all, this has all been him since day one. This has been him. Yeah, this is a situation entirely of, uh, of his Ricky's own creation. creation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, thanks for that, Ricky. Uh, and we did watch it in Anaglypt 3D. Although I think the 3D aspect was uh, tagged on, I would say. Although I would say, like, like surprisingly effective 3D.
1: Some of it was. Some yeah. of it was like.
0: Why is this bit in 3D? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, and that was. It wasn't so much that. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't like I, I thought the 3D, like in terms of how it actually worked, mm-hmm. was good. But you're right, the weird thing about it was it was like when you got the little thing in the corner and telling you to put your glasses on, I was like, Okay, why? It's just like three people sitting <laughs> around a room, like some yeah. of them are
0: just like sitting on the floor.
1: Yeah, it's really strange.
0: Uh, if anyone hasn't seen Big Tit Zombie, this isn't us necessarily advocating that you do, but it is the story of a bunch of strippers who find a doorway to hell, I suppose, underneath the strip club that they work in. Uh yeah. Which mm-hmm. releases I would say, conservatively, the same 12 zombies,
1: which are in every single scene. <laughs> yeah, that's reasonable. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was an experience, I'll say that. Yeah. But, yeah, thanks for that, Ricky. I <laughs> oh, uh, You say thanks. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you thankful that you watched it? I'm not particularly... Well, I mean, I've certainly seen it, and I can confirm that it was a film. On my own this right. week... Um, I have watched an absolute power of garbage. Oh, Um, that should be good. What do we have then? I've had some extreme bad luck. Well, I say bad luck. One of them, I think, bad was, luck of your own doing. Well, you have um, gone into
0: these things yourself, off your own
1: steam. This is it, but I mean, you know, I mean, you know, you're picking stuff, you're flying blind into things. There's an element of luck, right? Okay, go on. However, I would concede that uh, me watching the film Selfie from Hell and not having a particularly good time with it was probably self self inflicted. Little bit. This an, is on Netflix. Yeah, a little bit of Netflix masochism oh. uh, on my part choosing Selfie from Hell. Go on. So Selfie from Hell is, in my opinion. The potentially the bottom rung of the kind of tech horrors that there's been in the last few <laughs> years. Um, it's uh, it's adapted from a short, which is very short. Similar also to the called Cold Selfie of Hell.
0: I think my films played alongside it at some festivals a it, few years back. It's it's the um, short's
1: good. The short's fine. It's not an idea that is built for feature, which is why I don't think that I don't think that Lights Out was. Uh, no, and I think that that's probably true. Yeah, and I think you're right. The two shorts, Lights Out and Selfie from Hell, are both built around one scare and or like one kind of mm-hmm. set piece and very effective. And I think that sometimes it's okay for it to just be one effective set piece. <laughs> um, Selfie from Hell, like I say, the idea is not built for a feature, which is why it feels its length at seventy five minutes. Oh my god! I know it's not um, even long. Uh, so basically, um, what you have is a kind of blogger or like video blogger vlogger, if you like. Uh, who goes to visit her friend, and upon arrival, almost immediately falls into this kind of coma. So her pal starts doing the diggings, trying to figure out what's going on, and turn it turns out that it's linked to her dabbling in the deep web. Oh, right, sure. Uh, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I hate it when films use this as a plot point, and then it's just like patently ridiculous all the way through. <laughs> and like, and that's, and I, th- I. I have this problem with a lot of social media and horror films as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that, again, I think one of the mere egregious ones are those that have been friend requests from a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, which again, I think is just it's a bit of a disaster to a film. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Selfie from Hell, I think that my problem with it is that I understand that the language of this kind of thing is now embedded into how we speak to each other. I still don't have to take it seriously in a horror context. Mm-hmm. It, and there's a line, and I can't remember exactly what it is, Obviously, there's kind of like a supernatural element to it, and at one point, a character goes, "He comes after you take thirteen selfies." Fuck off! And at that point, I mean, that was about an hour in, and I was like, oh, "Fuck sake, man, honestly."
0: So there's fifteen minutes to go at that point.
1: Aye, yeah. I'd have just shut it off there. I'd be like, "Nope." <laughs> well, like I mean, I I kind of, I knew I was going to be talking about it, so I was like, "Right, there's only fifteen minutes left up, batter through, But it's painfully over reliant on jump scares just a- effective jump scares no. no no uh i mean the thing is there's about 30 of them in there they're there really are about every three four minutes um so if you put in enough of them a couple will work right but it's more of a kind of like have you heard that scroobius pip line before throw enough shit at the wall and some of it will stick but right. make no mistake your wall's still covered in shit. <laughs> One of my favourite lines from any rap song ever. And but... that was Selfie from Hell, And folks. that was Selfie from Hell. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that was my... Yes, I really didn't like that film at all. Jesus. Similarly, okay. um, I spun the wheel on The Darkness. The Not the comical glam rock band fronted by Justin Hawkins? Uh, no, no, <laughs> not on this occasion. No, uh, The Darkness being the Blumhouse film from 2016 starring Kevin Bacon. Ah, right, okay. Um, so basic conceit here is... um. Kevin Bacon's kid is on a trip, comes back with, like, some weird stones. I'd
0: like it if it was just a black
1: screen. Yeah, for now. Like, <laughs> um, uh, might have been better off. <laughs> like, uh, yes! Ke- 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 so Kevin Kevin Bacon's kid is away on a trip of some kind. Um, comes back, like I say, he has some weird stones with him. Weird stones? Yeah, like, kind of like... So he has them with the With the Shankara house.
0: stones? Kind of. Temple of Doom? Kind of, like... Yeah.
1: Like, um, it's... You can imagine... Like increasingly disturbing vision, supernatural shit starts happening. Right. Um and eventually, yes, a Hispanic character is wheeled out after an hour. Oh really? Your
0: favourite your favourite of my all. My favourite trope,
1: yeah. Oh, like genuinely when that when I, I audibly I groaned out loud and shouted for fuck's sake in an empty flat today when that happened. <laughs> um uh yeah, this also is um it's not some like it's a it's a competently made film and performance wise it's fine. Right. It is not scary. Okay. (laughs) It is also pretty dull. Oh. There's this kind of earnest attempt to inject some kind of sideline family drama into it, Mm -hmm. which I'm very much in favour of in these kind of films. I think that trying to round things out and give you a better understanding of the family dynamic when it's so much of like basically, for all intents and purposes, a haunted house story, I think that that stuff's actually important. Okay. And it's what Mike Flanagan did so well. In the Haunted Hill House, mm-hmm. did you finish that yet? Uh, no, a couple more to go. Right, okay. But um, yeah, the darkness, the family element in that feels very shallow. Feels very, <laughs> it doesn't feel very, it doesn't feel fully baked. Kind and, of like
0: the way I felt about *May the Devil Take You*.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think that yeah, it's it's very tentative in its in its attempt to kind of round the piece out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the actual kind of the plot's really short worn and the actual execution of it is really dry. Uh, But it is sitting with a 3%. I'm not into my honest. 3%? Yes, I possibly should have checked that before I put it on rather than after, but there you go. So, yeah, uh, a week of bad fortune with stuff that I've been choosing at home. Uh, So I'm going to take some of your recommendations um, and see if I have some better luck this week. Yeah, do it. Run with them. Go. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of your recommendations...
0: Dan, 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 dan.
1: Mitch, and another one I watched with you. Yeah. Yes. Um, we got stuck into a trusty old uh, Arrow release. Uh, yep, a relatively new Arrow release. huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And a first watch for me, once again, much to the disbelief of a few people, Candyman. Bernard Rose's Candyman. Yeah. Um, Which I liked. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it's held up pretty well. I think it's as held as up pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that I am... Um, and Tony Todd's amazing. absolutely iconic Virginia Madsen's great in it as well she's absolutely brilliant absolutely I I would say that I probably didn't like this as much as I expected to All right but I did I did like it but I think that the way people have talked about it and it's one of those ones that I've kind of been looking forward to for quite a while so maybe I built it up a little bit too much in my head but I did enjoy it um, and like I say it's one that I've it's one on the list that I've been keen to get to right and it looked great as they yep. always do great
0: transfer yeah. um, nice new 4k shiny restoration from Arrow mm-hmm. Video thank you mm-hmm. um, but yeah I know a lot, I know quite a lot of people that don't like Candyman yeah I can, I, I can, which um, I mean
1: I can kind of understand people being a little cold on it because it's certainly not your average slasher it's um, you know there's quite a lot of like pretty weird stuff in there yep I can understand the elements about it that people might find alienating
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to know a little bit more about Candyman or if you want a deep dive into the Arrow Video Candyman package that they've just put out, Dan and Sam over at the Arrow Video Podcast have just put out an episode where they are doing that very thing. Oh, cool. So you can check, check out a, a deep dive between those lads over there. Ah,
1: nice. Okay. Um, so I guess that concludes the viewing for this week. So just another one then. Uh, yeah, just another one, yeah. I'm quite a busy man, you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> quite a lot going on. I'll, I'll be honest, I think you need to start focusing
0: on things that are, things that are important, Mitch. <laughs> pubs and clubs and womanising. Womanising, aye. <laughs> very good. <laughs> All those things you're famous for. Uh, very good, very good. <laughs> well, that brings us on nicely then
1: to... Yep. This is potentially the biggest feedback section that we've ever had. Yep, so settle in, buckle in. Yeah. Um, the doors um... are locked. Yeah, loads of people getting in touch about loads and loads of stuff this week. Thank you so much to you all. Very much appreciated. So I'm going to start with, uh, we did put something up on social media. A couple of things on social media this week, actually. Um, First off, we um put something up on Instagram when we were listening to the series finale of My Dad Wrote a Porno. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's another podcast you should check out. And a couple of people... As if there might be people who don't. I know, eh? But um, but yeah, a lot of people uh, kind of got in touch and were just kind of... I'm not going to go through all that stuff, but it was uh good to get a bit of interaction with people about that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, also we put something up on Saturday night um, when we were watching uh, Big Tit Zombie (laughs) so uh, Ricky Munga himself uh, (laughs) got in touch saying I hope you enjoyed it with some sedatives or at least some laughs happy in his uh, victory that he managed to get us to watch that yeah and here we are talking about it (laughs) just goes to show
0: Um, uh, we should have just staged a, a total like blackout on Big Tit Zombie Chat as if it never happened. Yeah, <laughs> we right, just, so, like,
1: yeah, we watched it and we're uh, never going to speak of it again.
0: Yeah, that's a thing we did, and it's in the past, kind of like being in porn when you were younger and it was just for the
1: money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Danny Naylor, got in touch with Danny Naylor's right. tweets, <laughs> uh, just saying follow it up with Zombie Ass Toilet of the Damned, which I believe is um, a favourite of Boz's. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is, I, are, think, I think Boz originally was... Touting potentially doing that as his film? Yeah, I'm quite glad that we managed to talk him out of that. Lord and McIntyre, uh, is it as tasteful a film as I imagine it to be? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> In short. Yep, and failed which... which... <laughs> yeah, just like just based based on what I know about Lauren and what she knows about films, I would say that it's precisely the film that she yeah, imagined. Precisely as tasteful as you would expect. Yes. Um, so a big thank you to everyone who got in touch with some of those kinds of things. So I've got a couple of things
0: on big tit zombie as well. By the way, before oh. we move on. All oh, right. Okay. So uh, this is on Facebook. Darren Gaskell got in touch saying, "I hear it's full of insightful social commentary." Ah, you're quite right. And Barry Dolgano also getting in touch saying they missed a trick in not labelling it 3DD. Well, Barry, Piranha had
1: done that. Yeah, a bit of a... Th- yeah. Piranha,
0: the, the sequel to the... Well, I guess the sequel to the remake
1: of Piranha was called
0: Piranha 3DD.
1: Yeah, so... Uh, maybe. And it's god-awful. Yeah. 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 Scream 4, next up. Okay. Unless you have any... Unless there's any other Big tit zombie chat. There's no other Big tit zombie Hooray, chat. Hooray, we can, I can finally way put f- it behind us. I've got
0: something from way further back than that. Okay. Way back. Life Force. Oh, episode 19. Yeah. So we had uh, Twinklebox get in touch on Twitter. <laughs> okay. Just saying, At uh, PC. just working my way through the podcast. Love the Life Force episode. Brilliant film. Also, we used to have a fish video and Potato Man come round in a van good times ah of course I remember that chat from the episode yeah yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, talking about the video the the guy that talked about loads of times on the show who used to drive around the streets
1: with uh,
0: rent and videos at the back of a van
1: yeah 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 Yeah, Scream 4 we have um, some medical information <laughs> Is this from Dr. Lauren, perchance? Dr. Lauren. Right. So we did mention in the episode that um, there's a scene in Scream 4 where a policeman played by Anthony Anderson mm-hmm. uh, gets stabbed in the head
0: <laughs> and his cheesy cheddar head. Well, yeah, you, and
1: you pointed out, yeah, the knife goes in so easily and that, comes back out, and yeah, really? like uh, his head basically needed to be made of cheese. Um, so <coughs> Lauren, I uh, replied, or she tweeted this first, saying, "Listening to Friday's strong, violent PC. How long does that policeman take to die after getting stabbed in the forehead? Preposterous." So at which point I encourage her to elaborate. Right. You know, because obviously he staggers around for a bit, dispenses a one-liner, opens a car door. uh, All after this has happened. Sure. (laughs) So, um, Lauren, getting in touch and delivering the goods once again. I think it depends on exactly which bit slash how much of the brain is affected, but those types of penetrating injuries would likely cause enough damage to incapacitate someone fairly rapidly. Anyone correct me if I'm wrong. It might not kill you instantly but there is a high risk of shock, long-term brain damage and subsequent severe physical disability, coma and hemorrhage slash hematoma. So if it didn't kill him quickly, it would probably lead to complications that would kill you or put you in a vegetative state. To be honest, I'm not convinced it would be that easy to stab someone right through the forehead that easily with a knife. I've just looked up a couple of clinical articles, one where a patient with severe mental health problems stabbed themselves in the head, but had to smash the hilt of the knife really hard with a brick to get enough force to push the blade through the bone. Mm-hmm. So in the case of Scream 4, it seems like Ghostface has definitely been eating his or her Weetabix. <laughs> a little bit more reading around, apparently 70 to 80% of the people with these types of injuries die before reaching hospital, so a super high mortality, but injuries that enter the brain front-back or back-front, like with our policemen, are slightly less severe than those that enter the head from the side. That right. said... I still think he'd be fucked. <laughs> Fair enough. Lauren, well, thank um, you as always. Yes, insightful as always. I'm actually, going, but you can
0: look to the case of Phineas Gage mm-hmm. um, for what your brain can survive. Phineas Gage was a dude from the 1800s who worked on American Railroads and he took a big iron rod right through the head, straight through, Jesus. destroying the majority of his frontal lobe. And uh, yeah, so this is like one of those really famous medical cases and uh, it completely changed his personality, as you might expect. Mm-hmm. Um, For the worst, by the way, not for the better. Like, he was a total wank and then he was a nice guy. It was uh, quite the opposite. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, your brain can survive a fair amount of trauma, I think. Yeah. I'm gl- really glad that we're picking this apart in this level of detail. Actually, if anything, it might be a bit unbelievable <laughs> that he dies so quickly.
1: <laughs> Settle, dude. Because it is right in between both hemispheres. It's straight up the middle of the brain. It is, yeah, you're right. Um we want to touch on something last week when we were talking about what we've been watching I said that I revisited Stage Fright Jerome Sable Stage Fright <laughs> um, Yeah, I know what you're going to say yeah, I'm a big fan of that film I love it yeah yeah Chelsea yeah. Burden doesn't uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea V on Twitter: Fancy something quick and campy this eve, so took a chance and straight on stage fright. Strong contender for the worst film I've seen all year. Diabolically bad. Can I blame Watchfires Mitch for mentioning it on Strong Violent PC? Yes. yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you fucking can. Uh, Chelsea, <laughs> thanks for getting in touch. Uh, sorry, stage fright didn't work out for you. I personally think that that film is magic well there you go yeah but uh, yeah no fair enough anybody else want to watch stage fright getting on this let us know uh,
0: so we had uh, uh, last week we mentioned Cam because I went back and revisited it after we both saw it at Lloyd Screams oh yeah and we had Annie at Annie Ray getting in touch Saying, watching Cam after so many good reviews, including a few shout outs from the guys over at Strong Violent PC. My neighbours must think I'm into some really weird shit. I don't know how loud she's playing Cam. Yeah. Perhaps too loud. Um, answer, really entertaining. Very black mirror and with a somewhat ambiguous ending. The nose breaking scene was actually pretty damn gruesome too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I Absolutely. think Cam's was great. great. I'm, I'm hmm. actually, I might revisit that tonight. And the ending is ambiguous. Yes. I thought at first it it was just that I was too pissed to get it. No, no. No, no, quite quite the opposite. So I've got a couple of things here as well, um, and it's just general people being generally nice and just general comments. Okay. Uh, Up first we've got uh, Michael Park at Be Quiet Michael. Ah. Uh, I don't really like horror movies, but I really like listening to Strong Violent PC, so go and listen to that if you do like horror movies, or maybe if you don't, and just enjoy having a good time. Anyway, I've rambled on a bit here, so I'll talk to you later. Love you, bye. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a lovely, that's a lovely little tweet.
1: Thanks very much, Michael. Really appreciate that. Yeah, uh, yeah that yeah. is nice. That's uh, very nice.
0: And uh, Caitlin Downs at Caitlin M Downs get in touch, saying trying to listen to this week's strong, violent PC, but Despacito is blasting on the gym floor. Might be some strong language of my own soon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh man, I hope that I hope that we manage to I hope we managed to drown out Desposito. It's quite a catchy song though. It is it is. I can feel it getting stuck in my head <laughs> as I'm talking about it. Yeah. I can feel it wedging its way in there. Yep. Just about everything else I've got, I think, is uh Jaws of Revenge. Same. Right, okay Yeah, before we begin, I guess a huge thank
0: you to uh, Mr. A.J. Bowen Yes, indeed, thank you so much for uh, coming on and schooling us again Not only in the film Jaws the Revenge, but the novelisation of Jaws the Revenge Which I think is probably going to see quite the sales uptick
1: Yeah, Uh, I would say that there might be an upward (laughs) spike in sales of that book I know of at least four copies that are probably going to be sold Yeah, definitely. We can get to that. A few people have been uh, talking about the novelisation. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. So a sales uptick of 400% since 1987. Industry insiders are going to be baffled. Um, Film fan Stevie got in touch on Twitter saying, This time it's personal. Strong, violent PC dives into the cinema bucket with Jaws 4 on Friday. And um the knot at Nazi on Twitter. Super excited for this Friday's Strong Violent PC episode where Andy stuff and Watch Fires Mitch are joined by AJ Bowen to talk Jaws the Revenge. So a few people, yeah, getting kind of like, I think I had a feeling that when we announced this one people were going to be into it. And uh, also in advance, uh, we had uh, John Dickinson on Instagram. Sure. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can imagine uh, Faye Ellis, uh, another, another regular listener. Yes. And Scream 4 hater. Um, So I can imagine Fay Ellis getting super excited about hearing about AJ Bowen's appearance. I've never seen Jaws at events, so I guess I have homework to do. He has now uh, certainly watched it. and He's listened to the episode, I'm sure of that much. (laughs) Uh, Zoe, Zoe May on Instagram, what? Definitely making time for this one. Love AJ Bowen. God awful film though. And uh, AJ himself jumped on the uh, comment chain just saying, unequivocally, the best Jaws film that has the last Starfighter in it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can't <laughs> yeah, argue with. Absolutely. Um, uh, okay, so uh, we had a couple of previous guests getting in touch. Oh, nice. On Instagram. Uh, I had gone on and shared the TV spot from Jaws Revenge just in the run-up to the episode coming out. And we had Matt Mercer getting in touch. Okay. Matt Mercer Shark just to say, It has never singled out a specific human victim until now. <laughs> I totally remember this TV spot. <laughs>
1: That's amazing. Uh, and we
0: had Billy Cuckwood Comedy... Ah. Mr Billy Cutwood Going all the way back to episode 2 The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Getting in touch Saying We did a bad movies of this And still on my favourites When the shark is eating the seaplane We all shouted in our best Michael Keynes, You're only supposed to
1: chew the bloody doors off <laughs> Excellent so, Yeah Excellent And um, uh, Billy What he's referring to there If you're not familiar Is a show he does sometimes uh, Watch bad movies with the great comedians <laughs> We had um, a couple of other Kind of what we do But funnier Yeah, yeah Basically <laughs> Wicked Sister 69 uh, got in touch on Instagram as well. I am shook that Watchers Mitch has only just seen an American Werewolf in London. Shooketh, obviously, we, Shooketh to the bone. We watched this when we talked about this, obviously, on the AJ's episode. Mm-hmm. So, but I am very jealous that he got to watch it as an adult and see the full version because I had to convince my dad to tape it off Sky for me, and all the violence was edited out, especially the first werewolf attack. Rubbish. So I guess that's <laughs> my, I guess that's more about American Werewolf in London, but it's from that episode. I honestly. wonder if it was edited out in the actual version
0: that was on the television. Or if it was one of those things where like, the parent paused it. Remember when you were recording back in the day, if you were recording off the telly, you used to pause to get the adverts away? Aha, uh-huh,
1: yeah, yeah. I wonder yeah. if it
0: was maybe done like that. Or a like really, a home editing a job. really
1: shit fucking pause job. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> could only, I, I, could, I could only speculate. Yeah, get in touch, let us know. Yeah, <laughs> as
0: always. Um, Hanny Ray, again, getting in touch uh, about Jaws The Revenge, just saying, I enjoyed the Freudian slip of Last Noel there. Andy makes stuff... It would actually make a good festive holiday slasher title. Now, I noticed that um, in the edit, when I was editing the episode, that I did call the first Noel the last Noel.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, it was Sean Brody's last Noel, certainly. Yeah, it was. And uh, I absolutely agree that it would make a good
1: festive holiday slasher title, and I'm now writing it. I think <laughs> I think it's a great title. I'm not writing it. Um, I'm busy. And why not? A couple of people on Facebook once we announced it or once we dropped the episode should I say uh, Paddy Murphy uh, also who this week did the very cool thing of uh, heading out to a gig in Dublin wearing a homemade Strong Language of Violent Teens t-shirt Yeah, fucking hell Yeah, yeah. strong um, performance Yeah, the, those don't exist so if anybody saw that
0: and wanted one uh, that is a one-off piece of apparel for now, uh, for now, for
1: now. But yeah, we may do something like that in the very near future ourselves. Yeah, we're having a wee think about things like that. Uh, yeah. Let us know if that's something that you would buy, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't want this to be like the physical copies of my band's albums. I don't want them sitting in my loft unsold until I die.
0: <laughs> so I'd like to know that there's
1: a, I'd like to know that there's a, some, uh, there's an audience for that.
0: I'm just going to tip them out of your coffin, will you?
1: I, like, I, just... <laughs> actually, I want to point out that like the unsold albums, they're not even in my house. They're in my parents' house. Right, uh, compromising the structural integrity of the top floor of the house because there's so many of them in the attic. How many are there? Oh, like a f- uh, couple of hundred. <laughs> I like a- could give them away in a Patreon when we finally set one up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, I, I, I think that they've. I think they just go home and sit on like living room furniture that they're just made out of stacking copies of our album. Coastals, you say? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, so Paddy uh, got in touch and just said, fuck yes, that's my drive to work sorted. Nice one, boys. And off the the back of that, we also had Darren Gaskell getting in touch, saying, so much of this film is absolute nonsense, but that's not to say it isn't entertaining. It's a battle between big studio film and B-movie trash classic for 90 Minutes. The shark looks terrible Yes, but the kills really count in this one. Except of course for Jake, who manages to show up at the end despite looking very dead as he's dragged underwater 5 minutes previously. Sure, sure Jake
0: um yeah, you can't keep him down. Yeah. I think it's know.
1: that island
0: attitude where he's uh, so laid back, like nothing can you know, you know like when you're pissed and you you, you, you like take a mad tumble. Yeah, and you're and just you're Completely unscathed. Okay, the last one I've got here. Uh-huh. Brace yourself for Dave Cooper at deluxe underscore man. Yes. Um, loved the new episode. Only thing I knew about Jaws The Revenge was the Michael Caine quote about his house. Having said that, really fancy reading that novelisation now.
1: Yeah, a couple of people saying this. Lauren was saying she wanted to track that down as well. Yeah. I think that's just about it for feedback from me. Yep, I'm done. Uh, All right. With the exception of... Ah. It's Mitch's pitches! It is indeed Mitch's pitches. And once again... Uh, we had a whole load of people get in touch when I put the image on Facebook from uh, last week. Ah, yep, love this. Let's go. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. Andy will send a photo to my phone as we're recording. The picture will be of a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He will have photoshopped out the title, the taglines, any identifying text. We'll also put this on social media so you mm-hmm. can see it yourself. I need to describe what is in the image to the best of my ability and also give it a synopsis and a title.
0: Yes, yes, all of that.
1: Yeah, and uh, last week we're chopping mall, or as you reappropriated it, Termigator Termigator, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so we did put that image up on Instagram, Facebook, etc. If you haven't seen it, then it might be worth just if you've got your phone there, just uh, jump on Instagram, take a look at it. Yep. Um, like us as well. You there. Oh, on you go. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, hats off to John Dickinson on Instagram. He uh, was first in correctly identifying it. As chopping, chopping mall in it. Yeah, that's right. So let's see. Uh, Andy McCartan getting in touch saying uh, bargain body bag. Right. Sure. Uh, Mark Logan bag for life. Sheridan Knott gets in touch saying bag Borg. Uh, Andy, <laughs> Andy McCartan again. <laughs> Roboshop shop. Robo shop um, right, okay Yeah okay. Uh, uh, Mark Logan getting in touch keep Going all in Right We got a tagline A title and everything Oh shit right okay She gives head She gives the finger And now she's going to Act her way out of a paper bag It's Bang Bang Bag Ladies Last Revenge Rated R Brilliant Pretty strong Brilliant uh, S- stuff Stevie Reeve from 1985 Revenge of the Mannequins This Christmas The Mannequins Are reclaiming them all This is great um, Check James... out mannequins On the festival circuit <laughs> For now For fuck's sake Carl <laughs> um, anthony Smart From the 90s film Sight. Cy- Monday oh okay okay you'll go very, head over timely, very yeah. timely you'll go head over heels when you see our deals um Brilliant. James James that rhymes. yeah yeah it's a perfectly serviceable slogan uh James Secker getting in touch with a uh, one pound bag for death right okay <laughs> Which I also quite enjoyed <laughs> very much good <bad. laughs> yeah yeah right up my street <laughs> I think personally my favorite uh, this week is Mitch Harrod's one right okay he got in touch on Facebook and uh went for Robo co-op Robo co-op Yes, lovely. Which Love I've, it for yeah. for, Love our, it. for our international listeners. Co-op is a supermarket chain. The cooperative. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Robo Co-op, I thought, good for food. <laughs> Robo Co-op, I thought a uh, Robo Co-op should I say, uh, coming out on top this week? Yeah, I, I think it's pretty close between that one and uh, Mark Logan's Bang Bang Bag ladies Last Revenge. <laughs> Yeah, it's really good, isn't the very it? very same. Yeah, I, I'm struggling to separate those two because they've gone for two very different. They come like two very different approaches. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because <laughs> Mitch is super simple. Mark's super convoluted. Yeah. <laughs> However, without further ado, yes, are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. Here it comes. It's on its way, and I'm worried again that you might get it. Generally, like it's a safe bet that I won't. but I know what you mean. Let's see. Okay, it's here. Ah, right, good. All right, good. let's good. take a look. Good. good. Wow. Do you know it? No. Ah, good. Good.
0: No, um, right, okay. That's a simpler one, this, well,
1: perhaps not, perhaps not as simple as, a uh, Deadly Friends. No, but it's, it's pretty simple, it's certainly, um, it's, there's, I was gonna say there's not too much going on, there's quite a lot going <laughs> on, but like, um, yeah, it's not too busy, this image. It would appear that it were a kind of a beach setting here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, there's a man kneeling in the sand. In the background, we can see waves kind of crashing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, the sun setting off in the distance. It's quite a beautiful vista. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the view probably tarnished a wee bit by uh, the man himself, uh, who, uh, like I say, he's kneeling on the, he's kneeling, he's on his knees on the beach. His shirt is open. Um, he's wearing, he's barefoot. Yep. It looks like he's probably looks like he's wearing jeans. Shirts, I uh, the shirt's open all the way down. He is looking pretty harassed. Um, <laughs> I, it, what gives you that impression? I would say that um, I would say that he's like a, he looks like a cross between um, Sid Haig and Nicolas Cage. he does actually yes
0: Mm. yep absolutely very much so
1: yeah um there's also um but i think that yeah the most pressing detail that we need to kind of take away from this is that there is a gaping hole in his stomach and he is currently munching away on his own large intestine yep Sure. um yeah yep (laughs) yep Uh, um so yeah that's it a guy cannibalizing himself on the beach yes okay so as ever i'll just need a moment Right, okay. I am. i I'm just about right there, I think. Okay, right. Um I'm gonna run the log line and the title together in one kind of spiel, if that's okay. Or oh, do the does one play into the feed into the other naturally? Uh, I think so. Oh right, okay. <laughs> okay, this is interesting. <laughs> um right. After the collapse of his marriage, introverted university professor Jonathan retreats to a beachside condo for some much-needed downtime. Sure. However, the trip soon takes a turn for the worst when the residents of the town start to cannibalize themselves without warning. What's causing this epidemic, and is it linked to a mysterious addictive new dish for sale in the town's flagship restaurant? Silent Green goes to hell in Desert of Death Two. Key lime die. <laughs>
0: That's the sequel. <laughs> It's a sequel to Desert it's the of Death. Sequel to Desert of Death. Keyline Die. Yes. Right, okay. Uh nineteen eighty five. Nineteen eighty five. Of course the first one was set at Halloween and it was Pumpkin Die. Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. uh, okay, uh no. Uh it's not. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's not that. Uh <laughs> right. but uh, kudos to you for uh, coming up with such an elaborate It was a story whole, package. It was a whole yeah, package. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty great. Thanks. You're also wrong in the year. All oh, right, okay. Uh, how how much how much
1: out am I on the year? Well, the film is from 1980. Okay. Um, and it's a film... So it's only, to be fair, it's quite far out from 1985, but it's only two years after the original Desert of Death. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. But it's a film uh, that goes under many names. Okay.
0: Um, not least of all, The Grim Reaper, Man Beast, Maneater, Dimension Fresser. Wow. Okay. <laughs> the Savage Island... Uh, It's Joe D'Amato's 1980 gut muncher, Anthropophagus. Anthropophagus? Yes. Wow. Um, And uh, yeah, it's a story of a group of tourists who become stranded on an uninhabited island where they are stopped by an insane, violent and grotesque killer that slaughtered the town's former residents, played by wonderful George Eastman. Excellent.
1: Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that concludes Mitch's Pitches for another week. So next up, podcast recommendation. Whose turn is it?
0: It's yours, but before... I ton to you for that. I just want to say we received some feedback that perhaps we weren't loud enough. Oh yeah, we did. That's so right. So uh, as of this episode, you may have noticed that I have cranked the volume slightly. So if we're too loud, let us know.
1: Yeah, but um, yeah, no, thanks for letting us know. I think it was um, it was Alexis who got in touch on Instagram, yes. I think. So let's yeah. know that. So yeah, uh-huh. thanks for uh, thanks for the heads up there.
0: If we're too loud, let us know. It sees that it turns down, then turns up.
1: Yeah, exactly. Cool. So um, hopefully um, any issues that anybody's experienced with that will be uh, rectified from now on. Yep. So it's my turn. Yes, yes. Uh, obviously, last week I did the Dollop. Yeah, and um, I am also gonna um, sidestep horror right uh, this week. Talk about one that I've been meaning to get back to because um, I used to listen to it absolutely religiously, and I've been away from it for a little while. But I'm gonna talk about the Moth. Whoa! Uh, this week, which is another um, kind of really famous podcast, really well known. Uh, kind of goes hand in hand with things like This American Life mm-hmm. and stuff like that in terms of kind of like real people telling real stories kind of thing. But obviously with things like Reply All, which I mentioned before, yeah, This yeah, American sure. Life, it takes more the form of like an investigative journalism thing. With uh, The Moth, you get people just telling a story. Right. It's often recorded like from a live event. Okay. They do these things uh, all over the place. They have moth live events where people, uh, I think that they just put their names in a hat and it gets drawn out and people just go up and just tell a story. And it could be about basically anything. Like a so- TED Talk? um yeah but it's like a personal anecdote right okay um and obviously with this with these things your interest level in its story to story is going to be variable sure but it's it's often fairly interesting stuff very well told i think it's really interesting also because the stories are generally pretty short it's quite easy to dip in and out of so it's good if your commute's kind of patchy or whatever All right. okay like mm-hmm. um so yeah the moth that's my one for today. okay cool excellent so that's the moth yeah. So I guess all that's left to do is wrap this bad boy up uh, by taking a look at what's going on this week. Yes, indeed. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and this week we do have a guest again. Yes, we do. Back on form with those guests. In fact, looking like we've got a few people lined up for the next little while. Mm-hmm. Got some, uh, got some really interesting confirms back this week from people. As we battle into the festive season. Yeah hmm We're going to have to have some kind of talk about what we're doing about Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we'll just say just now that we might take a bit of time off
0: over Christmas. Maybe take from just before Christmas off until after New Year.
1: Yeah, it's quite possible at this point just because of the fact that, if nothing else, um, I won't be around. You won't be around, and uh, I will also be away okay. uh, over New Year. So, uh, yeah, it's... Um... So, it's looking a little bit like the last episode of the year will probably be Friday, December 21st. Yes. But we will keep you up to date on the specifics of that as, as we go on. Mm-hmm. Um, we but, need holidays too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, more information on that coming up, just kinda as and when we have it, because we haven't really um, planned ahead too, too much. No. Uh, just no, yet. No, no. So, we do have a guest this week. Yes, we do. She is um, a horror writer, a podcaster, best known for uh, the website ZoboWithAshotgun.com. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Zoe Rose Smith joining us this week. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And uh, she's picked an interesting one. She has,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going back to 2007 here uh, with Mitchell Lichtenstein's.
1: Teeth. Ooh. Um, <laughs> gonna be an interesting one. Yep, old bitey beaver, yep. <laughs> yep, yeah, exactly. Um, this is good. Yeah, this is gonna be an interesting one to talk about, I think.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time since I've watched Teeth.
1: Uh, I'm not sure I've seen it all the way through. I think it's one of those things that I, r- I remember it being on in the background at people's houses and stuff like that. Right, um, okay. A couple of times when I was younger. But I don't know if I've ever sat down and actually front to backed it. Why, we'll I will obviously do that. Yeah, yeah, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. this week. But yeah, Zoe Rose Smith joins us this week to talk Teeth. Oh, that's a weird sound. It's yeah, a weird it sound in my, weird ears. Than my headphones. Don't <laughs> care for it. Um, we will be back. That will be on Friday, 8 a.m. GMT, as always. Mm hmm if you want to get in touch between now and then please do so uh, Facebook and Instagram Strong Language Violent Scenes you can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC, and you can also email Strong Language Violent scenes at gmail.com
0: yep and as you know we are available now to listen to just about everywhere you can get podcasts and wherever you listen please pop on and drop us five stars or a like or a love or whatever the fuck you do whatever the fuck you listen mm-hmm. um, but wanted to give a massive shout
1: out again to Podbean for hosting us absolutely always they do yep. great
0: work yes indeed yes they do yeah yeah they
1: sure do so yeah we're back Friday 8am GMT join us then if you can in the meantime don't forget it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds bye for now you've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain production and artwork by Andy Stewart find us on Stitcher iTunes Spotify Google Podcasts and Podbean.